Just a little talk with Jesus makes it right I may have doubts and fears My eyes be filled with tears but Jesus is a friend who watches day and night I go to him in prayer He knows my every care And just a little talk with Jesus makes it right have a little talk with Jesus Tell him all about our trouble Hear our faintest cry Answer by and by Feel a little prayer will turn in Know a little fire is burning Just a little talk with Jesus makes it right Sing that again Have a little talk with Jesus Tell him all about our trouble Hear our faintest cry answer by and by feel a little prayer will turn in know a little fire is burning just a little talk with Jesus makes it right I may have doubts and fears my eyes be filled with tears Jesus is a friend who watches day and night I go to him in prayer Just a little talk with Jesus makes it right Have a little talk with Jesus Tell him all about our trouble Hear our faintest cry and answer by and by Feel a little prayer will turn in Know a little fire is burning Just a little talk with Jesus makes it right and just a little talk with Jesus makes it right. Hallelujah. Father, we thank you tonight, God. That just a little talk, not anything fancy, not anything elaborate, doesn't have to be eloquent words, God, things we don't understand. Just talk, Father. We thank you tonight, God, that you always listen, God. And even when we can't utter the words, God, you already know. You already know and you're already making provisions for the word, God. Thank you, Father, for loving us the way that you do. Thank you, Jesus. Yes. Yes. The splendor of the King Lord in majesty, let all the earth rejoice, all the earth rejoice. He wraps himself in light, and darkness tries to hide, and trembles at his voice, and trembles at his voice. How great is our God, sing with me, how great is our God, and all oh, will see how great, how great is our God, and age to age he stands. 
together tonight in doing that to exalt is to lift up to exalt is to to magnify to exalt is to make higher than oneself can we can we do that in this room together father we exalt you you are the king of glory you are worthy of all praise the angels declare your worth the 24 elders bow down before you God all of creation declares your glory your church, your bride. We adore you, Lord. Oh, how we magnify you. Oh, how we praise you. Oh, Lord, how we, your bride, exalt you. You're so precious to us. You're so precious to us, Lord. So precious. Bless you, Lord. Praise you, oh God. Hallelujah. One of the greatest privileges we have is to exalt our King. Come on, give Him a praise tonight, would you please? Amen. Amen. Turn and greet someone. Let them know you love them. You're glad to see them tonight. Thank you, worship team. Man, I appreciate you guys. 
I believe it's important. I believe it's critical to give our very best to God. I don't care if it's Wednesday night and there's not a whole lot of us here or if it's Sunday morning and the, there's not a place for everybody to sit down. I think God deserves our best. And, and our worship team does that. I'm so, I'm so honored by them. I love them. I'm proud of them. Amen. Yeah, give them a hand clap. Amen. Amen. A few things to just be reminded of tonight as we get started. Uh, for our men, our men's breakfast is coming up this Saturday. Uh, it's going to be at 8.30 back in the fellowship hall. I encourage all the, the fellas to come and to be a part of that. Um, it, I, I don't have a lot of details. I uh, didn't see Brother Randy. Um, if, if you need information, more information, Brother Gary Cook's here tonight. So you can get a hold of him and, and uh, he can help you. But otherwise, as far as I know, it's just a, a regular men's breakfast. You guys come and be a part of that. Good food, good fellowship always. Uh, Mission Sunday's coming up the last Sunday of the month. And before we get to Mission Sunday, we've got prime timers coming up on the 26th. Uh, it'll be potluck and games back in our fellowship hall. That's always a lot of fun. Is there a, a direction for menu or Italian? Italian potluck. It's a mighty spicy meatball. Okay. <laughs> it'll be good, whatever it is. And so you guys come and... And uh, it'll be a great time. We always, all, all of our fellowships are so much fun. And I, I just appreciate our, our church family uh, for being involved in all that good, good stuff. Uh, prayer requests tonight. Of course, we want to uh, continue to be praying for all the different needs and names that are there on our prayer list. Let's remember uh, Bud and Betty Welch. We want to continue to hold them up to the Lord. Uh, and also um, Brother James. Uh, it's uh, Brother Allen's uncle. Uh, James, we're lifting him up, praying for the right doors to open. Uh, he's gone through quite a week, and uh, the family's gone through quite a week with him as well, and uh, back and forth to the hospital and trying to get uh, medical information lined out and banking information lined out and just all sorts of things that are going on. And so uh, please remember uh, their family, and be, please be in prayer for James, just uh, strengthening it in his body and a, and a complete healing for him as well. A lot of different things that are going on. Um, I'd ask you guys to continue, of course, to be praying for our nation. I put that at the top of our list. Uh, our old nation gets more and more ridiculous every day. Uh, some of the things that are going on just completely baffle me, and I, I do not understand other than to say Jesus Christ is coming, and he's coming soon. Uh, we need him to come rescue uh, our, our nation. And uh, we're praying for a great end-time revival. We're praying for a great end-time harvest. And, and uh, may, may God bring that to pass. Amen. Let me give you guys a minute or two tonight to add any needs or names. What's going on with you? How can we pray with you? Uh, what, what's in your heart tonight we can agree with you about? Anyone? I'll give a praise report. Come on. When you have to start figuring out somebody's life from scratch. Yes. It, it can get interesting, but... Um, I, I told you, but I'll tell everybody I went to, uh, we're trying to get him an uh, uh, application into the VA center there in Sulphur. And, and so they have this whole five-page deal you fill out and all kinds of stuff they want. And mm -hmm. I had accumulated all like I had could at the time, and I thought, boy, this sure don't look like enough. And so, but I had just a thought, well, go out there and talk to them. And this was Tuesday. He said, go out and talk to them, see what more you need. I went out there and the lady looked at what I had and she said, I'll tell you one thing. Uh, she says, 
most everybody doesn't bring half the stuff you brought. And she said, this is good for me to go. And so the Lord worked it out that they took it and, and it's, it's in the work. So uh, I just thank the Lord that sometimes uh, we don't think our abilities are that great, but he makes up the difference. He makes yes, up he the does. Amen. That's so good, Brother Allen. Thank the Lord he's leading you and guiding you and being with you through this process. And, and uh, we give the Lord glory for that. I also want to give the Lord thanks and praise. I understand from, from the ladies, I uh, had a good heart-to-heart -heart meeting last night. And uh, thank you to all the ladies who came out and participated in that. Uh, that ministry is continuing to grow. And, and uh, Sister Faith spoke and talked about missions. And I understand it was a great word, Sister Faith. And so thank you for sharing your heart. Um, God's faithful. Amen. He's, he's a good, good God. Um, any other prayer requests tonight or praise reports? Ms. Kim? come back and so we didn't have flu for a couple of years you know but now it, you know, we got the flu again and so that's not a political statement y'all don't look at me that way I, I see that I see that <laughs> yes my sister We serve a good God. Amen. Serve a faithful God. Amen. He's able to take care of all this stuff and, and a lot of stuff that we didn't even make mention of tonight. And so I want to always be thankful uh, unto Him for taking care of all these things. Why don't we stand together tonight and take these needs and these names to the Lord tonight in prayer? Such a good God. Such a good God. Let's pray together. Father, we thank you tonight for your goodness. We thank you, Lord, for the the, the praiseworthy things. Lord, we want to focus our attention on the praiseworthy things. Lord, there's so many things uh, that, that are positive in this old world. And Lord, we want to focus our heart and our attention on those. We, we thank you, Lord God, for being with Brother Allen and giving him wisdom that went beyond himself. Uh, I thank you, Lord God, for, uh, for the teachers. But, but Lord, I'm asking you to heal them as well. Thank you, Lord God, for the nation we live in and the freedoms we enjoy. And, and, and God, I pray a protection around those freedoms. Lord, uh, we, we made such a sacrifice throughout so many years for the freedoms we enjoy. Uh, so many lives were sacrificed, God, for that freedom that we enjoy. And, and I pray, Lord, that it not ever be in vain. But, but, Lord, we always give you the glory and the honor for all that happens. God, I'm asking you tonight for, for, for Kelly. I pray for strength. God, I pray for uh, her ministry to, to this, this poor lady going through this Alzheimer's situation. God, intervene on their behalf. Uh, and Lord God, I pray for Bud and for Betty tonight. I'm asking you to be with them, to encourage them, to, to strengthen them and to help them. Uh, Lord God, all the needs and the names that are there upon this list, God, you know them every one. And, and Father, I pray right now that you would help. And, and God, that you'd be the one to receive the glory for all of it. Lord, we, we give you thanks and glory and honor. And we ask it all in the anointed, amazing name of Jesus Christ, we pray. And in that same name we believe, in Jesus' name, amen and amen. 
Let's give the Lord a hand clap of praise together tonight, if you wouldn't mind. Amen. God bless y'all as you're seated in the presence of the Lord. Thank the Lord. Thank the Lord. Man, I love you guys. Thank y'all for, for being here. Thank you for getting out on these Wednesday nights. Uh, next Sunday morning when we come in and, and you guys are here and you're with your friends and, and your loved ones and the, and the people you, that normally sit beside of you, just poke them in the ribs and remind them, hey, we have church on Wednesday night right here, live and in person. And so uh, invite somebody uh, to a Wednesday night service. And uh, it, I, I know people say, well, I can stay at home and watch it. Or Wednesday nights are tough. I get it. You know, you've worked all week or at least a half a week. And uh, you, you've put in your time and you've spent time out in the world. What better reason to come to church than you've been at work all week long? Uh, this is a refueling time as far as I consider it. Uh, it's a time to come get our batteries charged back up, to fill our tank back up so we can go and make it the rest of the week and uh, out in the world that tries to suck the life out of us. And so invite somebody to be here on these Wednesday nights. You guys know your pastor. I'm going to preach just as hard on a Wednesday as I do on a Sunday. And uh, so make sure that, that we get folks to, to come to the house of the Lord. Uh, I, I believe it's critical, uh, e even more so as we see the day of the Lord approaching. The, the Word says we're not supposed to forsake the assembling of ourselves together. Uh, I, I'd really, I, I love technology. I love the ability to reach out and, and touch people all over the, the, the state and, and even in other states. We have the ability to do that now. But, but quite honestly, that's not assembling ourselves together. Uh, that's, that's assembling in our living rooms. And so fill the churches up. That's my cry. Uh, I bet if we drove down south tonight about Thackerville and went by that big place on the uh, east side of the highway, I bet the parking lot's full down yonder. Yeah. Right? And so if, if we can fill casinos up, then I think every church house ought to be filled up on a Wednesday night as well. Just saying. Just saying. Okay? Let's praise the Lord together. Uh, I've got a word I've got to share with you tonight. We're going to continue our, our topic of healing. And uh, so prepare your heart and let's do that by worship. Father, we love you. We thank you, God. We praise you. Uh, we thank you that you're here with us tonight, Lord. We thank you that you're merciful and you're mighty. Uh, thank you, Lord, that you're intervening on behalf of your people. Thank you that your kingdom is growing. Thank you, Lord God, that we are going forward. Thank you, Lord God, that there is victory tonight in the strong name of Jesus. And Lord, I, I glorify you and I praise you for it all. In Jesus' glorious name, amen and amen. Come on, give him that one more hand clap if you wouldn't mind, please. Thank you, Lord. Thank God tonight for the, the power of healing we find in the Lord. Amen? As you guys will remember that are, that are with us tonight, we began last week focusing on the fact that, that the God we love and the God we serve is the God of all healing, right? Uh, it's His will, it's His plan, it's His desire to heal us in our mind, in our body, in our soul, in our spirit. Uh, I believe it's His desire and His, His will to heal you every place you hurt. How many agree with that tonight, right? I believe if there ever was a time in the world, in creation, that we were in desperate need of healing, I submit to you it's the day we're living in, the hour we're living in today, right? We come into contact with people on a continual basis who need healing in one form or the other, either emotionally, spiritually, financially, uh, in their mind, in their soul, in their spirit, in their body. People need healing in the world we live in today. In fact, I believe most of us would admit tonight we need an area of healing in our own bodies or in our own lives tonight, right? Uh, we all understand that everybody needs a sense of healing in their life today. 
And we see how the attack of the enemy is growing against God's people every day. And we see how the world is continually turning upside down. This world is turning more and more crazy uh, with the tick of the clock every moment. Uh, this old world grows more and more vile before God. Uh, and, and again, we come into contact with people on a continual basis who have broken bodies or broken minds or broken hearts. Friend, they need a supernatural divine intervention by the hand of Almighty God. They need healing power to flow into their lives. How many believe that tonight? And I believe that, that because you're here tonight, because you're, you've showed up on a Wednesday night, the backbone of the church has showed up on a Wednesday night, I believe that that's a confession on your behalf that you desire to be a part of the healing process to happen in the world, right? Everybody in this room tonight wants to be a part of the healing process that goes on. I know that we as a church collectively want to be the hospital for healing that God has called us to be. Now, I want to, to make some things very clear tonight. There's some things I believe that, that we need to come to a greater, deeper understanding when it comes to this process of healing. Now, one of the things that I want to point out uh, as a part of this healing process is this. I believe we need to know and understand that as we go about ministering healing to the hurting or we go about receiving healing to ourselves, we need to know and understand there's going to be some things that, that kind of come along. There's going to be some things that try to rise up to be a roadblock or a hindrance to stop us from receiving our healing. How many understand that tonight? Uh, we, even if we've done all that we can do to get ourselves ready, uh, even if we prayed, even if we fasted, even, even if we've done everything in our power to get ourselves prepared to minister healing to somebody else, sometimes there could be some things that come along and hinder. Those hindrances can be external. It can be somebody or something. Or those hindrances can be internal. Sometimes it can be something that we ourselves have done that stopped the healing process from going forward. Are you with me so far tonight? I've got a long ways to go, so stay up with me, okay? <laughs> I can remember whenever uh, my baby girl, Josie, was just a baby. She was just learning how to walk. Uh, she loved her big sister. There's eight years difference between Jamie and Josie. And, and, and Josie, when she was a little baby, uh, idolized her big sister. Jamie took care of her uh, a bunch of the times. Of course, Vonda and I were, were ministering at that time. We were uh, ministering to people or working in the altars. And, and that means that Jamie got to be Josie's big mama, you know, for that time period. And she got to take care of her through that season. And, and so what that caused was this magnetic attraction between Josie and Jamie. She loved her big sister. And that was good for Josie, but not so great for Jamie. Uh, Jamie got to the place where she wanted to escape and get away from her little sister. She was always clinging on her. She was always around her. She was always with her. She was always right up in her business. Wherever Jamie was at, that's where Josie was going to be at. We were at a place in our lives where we just began a new ministry and we just moved into a brand new house and, and we were still in the process of unpacking the house. Uh, we had boxes scattered all over the house. We had suitcases still scattered all over the house. And it was one of those nights where Josie wanted to be right up in the middle of Jamie and, and be right there in the middle of all that she was doing and all that was going on. And, and she wanted to cling to her big sister, right? And so uh, Jamie, being Jamie, decided that she was through with putting up with her little sister for the night. And so she took all the boxes that she could find in the house and she stacked them up in front of her bedroom door. That wasn't enough, so she went and got suitcases and she rolled them and put them in front of her bedroom door. And then she went in her bedroom and she shut the door behind her. 
She established a roadblock. She established a hindrance to keep her little sister from bugging her and getting in her business. I can tell you for Josie's sake, that didn't slow her down for one minute. The only thing she did was stand outside the door and scream at the top of her lungs, right? Now, it, it's cute to laugh at my little baby and, uh, and to think, man, she's, she's 21 years old now. What I wouldn't give for her to be back trying to get past those boxes in, in her life and what I wouldn't be, give to be back in, you know, 21 years younger as well. That'd be, that'd be great. The truth is that, that we need to hear and understand is sometimes we can be like little Josie. Sometimes we, we, when it comes to the subject of healing, we can be doing all we can do to get to the place where we want to be or be doing all that we can do to get to the place where we believe God wants us to be at, but we run into a roadblock. Yeah. We, we run into a hindrance. We run into something that's stopping us from getting from where we're at to where we believe God wants us to be, from, from the, the, the place of not being healed to the place of receiving that healing or the place of ministering that healing. And, and I believe with all my heart that what the Lord is calling us to do is to see what these hindrances are and to get them out of our lives. It's where we're going tonight in the Word. If, if you'd find your Bibles, we're going to the book of Matthew. I want to talk to you just for a little bit tonight about uh, the hindrances to healing. There's some hindrances that keep healing from happening sometimes. Matthew chapter 13, I begin reading in verse 53. Verse 53, the Word of the Lord says... Now it came to pass when Jesus had finished these parables that he departed from there. And when he'd come down to his own country, he taught them in their, their synagogue. And so that they were astonished and said, Where did this man get this wisdom and these mighty works? Is this not the carpenter's son? Is his mother not called Mary? Is his brothers not James and Joseph, Simon and Judas? And his sisters, are they not among us? Where did... Then did this man get all these things? And so they were offended at him. But Jesus said to them, A prophet is not without honor except in his own country and in his own house. And verse 58 pulls it together and says, Now he did not do many mighty works there because of their unbelief. Let's pray. Father, thank you again for your word. Thank you, Lord God, for the revelation we find in it. We ask you, Lord God, to, to let the light come on in our hearts and our spirits tonight. God, to, to bring revelation knowledge, God, through your word, that, that we can understand the things that hinder the healing process. And God, that we can see them removed, we can see them taken out of the way, that, Lord God, we can be a, a part of healing. Lord, we love you, we praise you, we give you glory, and we ask it all in the anointed name of Jesus. And all of God's people agreed tonight and said, Amen. 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 One more hand clap, if you wouldn't mind, please. Come on, let's give God the glory. Thank you, Lord. I'm a believer tonight in a God that can help me get past the roadblock. I'm a believer tonight in a God who helps me get past the hindrances that would slow me down. I, I also believe that, that anything that would work in opposition to the will of God is an enemy of God. How many would agree with that much tonight? One of my favorite scriptures, I, I share it most often with you guys, is, is found in the book of John, chapter 10, verse 10. Uh, you guys could probably recite it with me and, and for me. Jesus himself said, The thief doesn't come to except to steal, to kill, and to destroy. But I have come that they may have life and that they may have it more abundantly. Now what that scripture speaks about is the fact that the enemy of our soul and our heavenly father are exactly opposite from one another. The enemy of our soul and our heavenly father in, are, in, are in diametrically opposed to the will that they have for us. 
The scripture teaches us that the will of God is that we would have abundant life. Right? How many understand part of abundant life is the healing process and operation in our lives? But the thief comes to steal, to kill, and destroy. In other words, he comes to set up a hindrance. He comes to set up a roadblock that keeps us from receiving our healing. And I also believe that we all would agree tonight that it's, that it's God's will that we're healed. It's, it's God's will that the church would be a place of healing. I also believe that we all would agree that the enemy's desire is to bring sickness. His desire is to bring depression. His desire is to bring pain. His desire is to bring hindrance. How many agree with that much so far? And I want you to understand something. I, I believe the enemy of our soul is going to do everything in his power to set up hindrances or to set up roadblocks to prevent us from being involved in the process of healing. Either receiving healing ourselves or ministering healing to somebody else. The enemy does not want to see healing come into somebody's life. Because if somebody is, is overwhelmed with a sickness or somebody's overwhelmed with a need in their life, then, then it's going to be a lot more difficult for them to serve God with freedom and step into the ministry that God may have called them to. Correct? And so what I want you to understand tonight is the enemy's trying to do everything in his power to keep us from going through and being a part of that healing process. But I also want you to understand that your pastor's never been one who believed in running away from the enemy. If there's a problem, if there's a hindrance, it ought to be confronted head on. How many believe that tonight? I also understand through the, the truth of the Word of God that, that if we allow them to, little monsters grow up to be big monsters. How many would agree that it's a whole lot easier to do battle with a little monster than it is to do battle with a big monster? And so if we'll confront this monster while it's still down here, it'll never have the opportunity to grow to be up there. And so if we'll come to the understanding of what these hindrances are and confront them while they're still small monsters before they ever have a time to manifest and become big monsters, friend, there's a whole lot more opportunity for victory against the little booger than there is against the big booger. Amen. <laughs> to be successful in dealing with the enemy, I believe we need to know his tricks and his tactics. I believe we need to know what weapons he uses. And in order to be able to fix something, the first thing we need to understand is what's broken. And the Word of God teaches us that there are certain enemies of, of healing. There are certain things that will hinder the healing process or keep it from even coming to pass. And, and what we learn from Matthew chapter 13 is this. Very basic, very simple. If Jesus had hindrances to ministering healing to people, you better understand, friend, you're going to have hindrances that will keep you from ministering healing to people as well. If Jesus struggled because of people's unbelief, then we're going to struggle because of people's unbelief as well. So tonight we look to the Word of God to, to find some of the hindrances that, that hinder the healing process so that we can see them removed and healing may take place. So how can we remove the hindrances to healing? Well, the first thing I see we need to get rid of is this. We need to remove the gossip. Y'all don't shout me down tonight while I'm preaching good. Look at verses 55 and 56. Verse 55, and the Word of the Lord says, the people began to speak and say, Is this not the carpenter's son? Is his mother not called Mary? And his brothers, James, Joseph, Simon, and Judas? And his sisters, are they not all among us? In other words, we know this guy. He used to come to our house. 
He used to play kickball out there in the street with us. Do you remember? His people are just common, plain old people, just like we're common, plain old people, right? Gossip is a hindrance to the healing process. Gossip will hinder healing from coming to pass each and every time. Now, now pause in your mind's eye just for a moment. Can you see these people talking about Jesus the way they were? Look at this Yahoo. Who does he think he is? I mean, after all, isn't he just a carpenter's son? I mean, look at this guy. Who does he think he is? We know his brothers. His brothers are no good. And his mama, Mary, you know what I heard? I heard that she didn't even conceive him uh, when she was married to Joseph. I heard that he wasn't even Joseph's son, uh, that, that he has some Holy Spirit that's supposed to be his daddy. The gossip, the rumor mill, the backbiting, the stabbing was going on against the Son of Almighty God. And here's what you need to understand. By doing this action of gossip, what they were actually doing was taking the attention off being healed and putting their action on the gossip and the rumor mill about Jesus Christ. Their gossip fed their unbelief about who Jesus was and if he even had the ability to minister healing to them. One of the biggest enemies of healing that I know of today is gossip. Church, I believe that the root of all gossip is pride. The reason somebody talks about somebody else is because they want to elevate themselves and they want to diminish someone else. The more I talk bad about you, the better I look. These people were talking bad about Jesus to try to make themselves out to be better than Jesus. Paul says that the people were saying things again, like, isn't he just the carpenter's son? In other words, he's not the king of the Jews. He's just a carpenter's son. There's nothing special about him. His mother's name's Mary. His brothers and his sisters live here among us. There's nothing special about this guy. Gossip gets the attention off of the truth and onto something else that most of the time is absolutely a lie. The gossip was a hindrance to the healing that Jesus was trying to minister. And by the time these people finished telling their stories about how common Jesus was, how he was nothing special, there was a roadblock that was being built. There was a hindrance hindrance to his ministry to bring healing into these people's lives. Their gossip was building unbelief in who Jesus really was. Sadly, today in the world we live in, gossip is still one of the biggest hindrances to healing as it was in the days of Jesus Christ. When somebody is so desperately in need of healing, many times they're drawn to to be around people that they believe can minister to them. And unfortunately, I've seen it time and time and time again. People who are supposed to be the representatives of Jesus Christ many times are more concerned with with who somebody is, where they came from, what their background is, uh, who they used to date or who they didn't use to date or how many times they've been married or or, or how many times they cheated on their taxes and kicked their dog. Listen, we need to get past who somebody used to be and see them for who they are right now in the eyes of Jesus Christ. We all used to be somebody else. Can you remember that far back, friend? People have devoted many of them to their life to a phone ministry. Ring, ring. Ring, ring. This is my phone, y'all. I've never seen one. Ring, ring. Hello? Oh, yeah. Listen, I, I don't want to be gossiping, but... I don't, I don't want to be... I, I mean, I don't want to talk bad about Marla. Bless her heart. 
You can be sure when somebody uses the phrase, bless their heart, that they're about to throw down some nasty stuff about somebody else. I don't want to be gossiping, but, well, friend, let me tell you, if you don't want to be gossiping, but, then don't. If you don't want to begin to talk about somebody else, then just don't. I'm a firm believer that if you're not an eyewitness about something, then you're a false witness about something. If you didn't see it happen, then you didn't know if it really happened or not. And if you go around spreading gossip about what you heard happened or what you thought might have happened, then friend, the only thing you're doing is gossiping and tearing somebody down and not building somebody up. Gossip can hinder people from receiving their healing. The Word of God says that gossip is a sin. Romans chapter 1, verse 29 through 32 says this. They have become filled with every kind of wickedness and evil and greed and depravity. They're full of envy and murder and strife and deceit and malice. They're gossips and slanderers and God-haters. Insolent, arrogant, boastful. They invent ways of doing evil. They disobey their parents and they're, they're, they're senseless, faithless, and heartless. They're ruthless. The Bible compares somebody who is a gossip to somebody who's a God-hater. Woo-wee! That's good preaching, Pastor. Thank you all for amening me out the back north end of the church tonight, church. I sure don't want to be a God-hater, so I sure don't want to be a gossip. How about you? The Bible puts gossip in in the same category as being a God-hater. And I've got another uh, little mama says uh, that goes right along with that. Friend, if they'll gossip to you, it won't be long until they're gossiping about you. Some of the best advice I ever got from my pastor was this. Pastor, when you go to pastor a new church, let me tell you something. The people that come to you and talk about the former pastor will be the ones that are talking about you when you go to pastor a new pastor somewhere. The people who gossip to you will be the people who gossip about you someday. So friend, be cautious about who you give your ear and your time and your attention to what they have to say. For the church to be the place of healing that God wants it to be, we must put an end to the gossip. Let me encourage you tonight as your friend and your pastor. If somebody comes to you wanting to share some juicy tidbit of information, bless their heart. Let them know that you really don't want to be a part of that. And let the chain break with you. Let it come to an end. Let it go no further than you. But put an end to the gossip and let the healing ministry begin to flow forward in Jesus' name. So how do we remove a hindrance to healing? Well, it begins by getting rid of gossip. Another way we can remove a hindrance to healing is this. We need to get rid of the offenses as well. Look at verse 57. Verse 57 in the Word says this, And so they were offended. They were offended at Jesus. Let me understand tonight that offense can be just as big of a hindrance as gossip can be. If you're offended by somebody, it's sure going to be hard for you to minister healing to them. And if you're offended by somebody, it's sure going to be hard to receive healing when they pray for you. When a person's offended by another person, it means they dislike them. When a person is offended by another person, it means they're angry with them. They distrust them. And yes, I'll go to that next level. When you're offended by somebody, it means generally that you hate the very ground that they walk upon. People can become offended by by others simply because of who they are or where they come from. That was the story with Jesus. People can become offended by something that's either said or done. 
Do you know that a lot of people walk around in this old world with a chip on their shoulder just waiting on somebody to push it off? Are you here? <laughs> Pastor, you're preaching awful hard for a Wednesday night. Yeah, I know, friend. But somebody's got to put up with me. You all got to be the lucky ones tonight, okay? A lot of people walk through their life with a chip on their shoulder just waiting on somebody to say the wrong thing. Whether they actually said the wrong thing or they thought they said the wrong thing, they're just waiting on a reason to be offended. Oh, you made me mad. Get over yourself. The Word says that by the time these people finished gossiping about Jesus, they were offended by Him. By the time they got rid, finished running Jesus through the mill, by the time they got finished telling about how common and how normal he was, uh, their, their offense towards him began to grow and be made manifest. Their offense towards Jesus became a hindrance for them to receive their healing. It started out with their gossip, it turned into an offense, and by the time they got to the place where they needed to have faith to receive their healing, they were already gossiping and offended by him. They, they were filled with such unbelief, there was no way they could have been healed. The word says that they cut him to the bone. They were the ones cutting him to the bone. But yet they were the ones offended by him. The thing we find when we study in the way in which Jesus ministered healing, uh, what we find throughout the word over and over and over and over again was that Jesus always ministered healing through compassion or through love. In Matthew 14 and 14, the Bible says, And when Jesus went out and saw a great multitude, he was moved with compassion or he was moved with love for them and he healed their sick. So this, this heart of compassion, this heart of love that Jesus had for the multitudes was, was the way he ministered healing to those that were hurting. These people in this story tonight in the book of Matthew chapter 13 could not receive his love because they were offended by him. They didn't want anything to do with his love. Friend, when we're trying to minister healing to somebody or we're trying to receive healing ourselves and we're so offended by somebody that we dislike them and hate them, there's absolutely no way that ministry of healing is going to flow in us or through us or to us. It's hard to minister to somebody that you don't like, much less love. I've shared this story before, but it's, it's my family that's here tonight so I can share this story again. Once upon a time when Sister Vonda and I were attending church in Coweta, it was a Sunday morning, it was a beautiful day, it was the bluebird sky and the birds were all singing and, and my oldest daughter was just as happy as she could possibly be. Jamie was a little girl at that point in time. We hadn't even thought about a Josie. We didn't know what a Josie was at that point in time. We, just, we had a Jamie and she was the apple of her daddy's eye. I loved that kid and we spent so much time together. It was Sunday morning. It's a typical Sunday morning. We were running late because I married Devonda, right? Not because she's married to Gary, but because I married Devonda. Uh, we showed up at church late. Sunday school had already began, so I, I let uh, Vonda out at the, the door closest to our Sunday school, and I drove Jamie around to the front door, and I let her out at the front door, and I said, you stand right there. Daddy's going to go park the pickup truck. I want you to be standing right here when I get back. Okay, Daddy, I will. And so I went to the closest parking place I could find, parked my pickup truck, went bebopping in the church house, and she's standing in the foyer just singing just as loud. Oh, how we love Jesus. Oh, how we love Jesus. She's as far away as the, the information booth is to us tonight. Singing just as loud as she possibly could sing. 
And a fella comes out of the sanctuary. He walks out there about the time I come to the door. He looks at this little five-year-old little girl and goes, Shh! Pastor's in there teaching Sunday school. <laughs> Brother man, let me tell you something. You could have punched me in the nose and not made me as mad as what that old boy made me. I wanted to throw down on him like James Brown on him. I wanted to wipe the floor with him. You, you do something bad to me, that's fine, but you leave my kid alone. I didn't say nothing. I chose the high road, okay? And I said, come on, let's go. I'm taking you to Sunday school. And so I grabbed her by her little hand, and we go to Sunday school. I looked at him, and he kind of turned around and went back in the sanctuary. And took her to Sunday school and dropped her off. And by the time I make it to our Sunday school class, there's steam that's rolling out of my ears. Does anybody else's ears get hot when you get mad? My ears get cherry red. My ears get so hot when I get mad. It's, it's just the temper. And if it comes out my ears, man, that's better than coming out of here, you know. I'm mad. I'm angry. Vonda's like, what's wrong? Nothing. Just listen to what he has to say. Um. So that rocked on for a while, right? Week after week after week, and it festered and it manifested. And, and every time I would see that guy, I wanted to punch his lights out. And it just ate on me, and it ate on me, and it ate on me. He offended me because he attacked my little girl. Right. Isn't God the coolest God there ever was among gods? God has a way of correcting our hearts, right? Yeah. God has a way of, uh, of fixing our offenses. God has a way of, uh, of taking the, the, the thing that's wrong and broken inside of us and correcting it and changing it, right? Yeah. And, and so I, I was, you know on fire for the Lord at that point in my time, except for hating this guy. And so our pastor would call for a prayer line, and, and generally he would do kind of a reverse thing, and, and he'd call for people to, to come be altar workers first, and then he'd call for people who needed prayer to come down. And so I pastor would say, I, I need my prayer workers to come, I need my altar workers to come and stand across the front, and, and I'd come down front, and I'd find my place, and I'd stand there, and and I'd be in sincere prayer and, and getting ready you know, to pray for somebody even though I had hate in my heart for that guy. I was still going to pray for somebody. and doesn't work. Anyway, I, I'm, I'm standing there and I'm all sincere and I'm getting ready to pray for somebody and I look up and it's that old boy. What? How come I got to pray for him? Lord, you know, I don't even like him. God, I won't lay hands on him. God, let me lay hands on him. Please, God, let me lay hands on him. <laughs> that rocked on that first week. And then the next week. And then the next week. And what God did in my heart was he created a love for a man by the name of Kevin Hutchins. And today... Kevin and Kelly are two of our best friends in all the world. They've got a daughter that's the same age as Jamie. They, they've got uh, grandkids just like we do. And I, I, I see them. I talk to them periodically. And, and, and I remember that time whenever I, I wanted to punch Kevin's lights out when in reality what God was doing was transforming and changing my heart. He took my offense and turned it into a love that developed into this incredible friendship. We've got to remove offenses out of our lives. And the only way to do that is to do everything in love. 
1 Corinthians chapter 16, verse 14 says that we're supposed to do everything we do in love. Listen, yes, we can be upset. Yes, we can be angry. Yes, we can be offended. But don't you understand that God had the same opportunity to be offended by the sin that's in our lives? But instead of being offended and rejecting us, He chose to love us. When you look to the Old Testament story of Jonah, what you find is that Jonah was told by the Lord to go to Nineveh to minister healing to those people. But his offense towards those people of Nineveh allowed him to ignore the direction of God. He didn't care about those people. In fact, he disliked those people because of who they were and what they had done. He didn't care if they were saved. He didn't care if they were healed. He didn't care about anything. But God, through a a tumultuous situation of spending uh, three days in the belly of a big fish, turned his heart around to a place of love towards those people. Listen, we can get past our offenses through love in Jesus. How do we remove our hindrances to healing? We get rid of gossip and we get rid of the offenses and... One more thing we, we've been talking about. We've got to get rid of the doubt as well. Yeah. Look at verse 58. Verse 58 in the Word says this. Now he did not do many mighty works there because of their unbelief. The Word of God says that, that he couldn't do a whole lot there. Come on, break it down and put it in Oki. He wasn't able to do a whole lot of great things there. Why? Because the people didn't believe in him. Why didn't they believe in him? Because they spent all their time gossiping about him. And then they spent all their time being offended by him. And so by the time it got to the place where they needed to to believe for healing to, to be made manifest in their life, their doubt was so great that it outweighed the belief they needed to receive. I want you to hear your pastor clear and plain tonight. The choice is simple. It's either to believe and receive or you can doubt and do without. And sad truth is this, there's a, there's a whole lot of people who never receive their healing because of doubt. Oh, pastor, I, I believe God's able to heal a, a cold. I believe God's able to heal a hangnail. I believe God's able to heal X, Y, Z. But I don't know about COVID or I don't know about cancer. Listen, the same God who hung the stars is the same God who's able to cure COVID and cancer and any other label named among men. I think of that story in Luke chapter 8 when when Jesus went in to heal the ruler of the synagogue's little girl. I'm stuck on little girls tonight. Many of the people were saying, hey, don't bother, she's already dead. Hey, don't don't even bother the master, don't even let him go in there, your daughter's already dead. And in Luke chapter 8 verse 50, the Bible says, when Jesus heard it, he answered and said, don't be afraid, only believe, and she'll be made well. What Jesus was saying to that daddy was, get rid of the doubt. Don't doubt she can be healed if you'll only believe. In verse 50, they they went in to pray for that same little girl. And if you go and read the story for yourself, what you'll find is Jesus didn't let anybody go in there to pray with him, but Peter and James and John and the parents of the little girl. Why? Because everybody else was weeping and wailing and going, oh, she's dead, what are we going to do? In fact, the story even teaches us that Jesus said, Hey, silence. You people that are weeping and wailing and crying, be still. Just just hush it up right now. You don't need to cry anymore. Remove the doubt. Get rid of the doubt so that healing can flow into a person's life. The truth is we can get caught up in that 
same way of thinking from time to time. It's just too big for God. And the opposite of that is, well, it's just too little for God to be even been concerned with. This is such a small and insignificant little thing. Why would God even care about something so insignificant? Listen, God cares about every hair on your head. God cares about the big stuff and God cares about the little stuff. And every stuff in between, God cares about all of it. James chapter 5 verse 15 says that the prayer of faith will save the sick and the Lord will raise him up and if he's committed sins, he'll be forgiven. Listen, it's the prayer of faith that shall save the sick, not the prayer of doubt that shall save the sick. The Word places no limitations on the healing power of God. It simply says that faith-filled prayers in the name of Jesus will what will be that it takes to raise somebody up. Listen, doubt will keep people down, but faith will raise people up. Can you say amen? The book of James chapter 1, verses 5 through 8. James says, if any of you lack wisdom, let him ask God, who gives to all liberally and without reproach, and it will be given. But let him ask in faith with no doubting, for he who doubts is like a wave on the sea driven and tossed by the wind. Let not that man suppose that he'll receive anything from the Lord. He's a double-minded man and unstable in all his ways. Now, yes, I understand that that particular scripture is talking about asking God for wisdom. But don't you believe the same thing could apply to asking God for healing? For let that man who asks God for healing uh, not be double-minded. Let him not doubt and be like a wave on the sea. Let him not be double-minded in all his ways, but let him have faith. Healing for others or the healing for ourselves. We can't be double-minded. We, we can't be like that sea, uh, that wave on the sea driven and tossed wherever the wind blows it. But we must receive the healing power that comes from the Lord and it only comes by removing doubt. How do we remove the hindrance to healing tonight? Well, we've got to get rid of gossip. We've got to get rid of offense. We've got to get rid of doubt. I believe that Jesus is coming. And I believe that there's a lot of healing that needs to take place. There's healing for relationships. There's healings for homes and families. There's healing for marriages. There's healing for broken bodies. And there's healing for broken minds. There's healing for every area that's broken in the name of Jesus Christ. But I also submit to you tonight that there's things that can prevent that healing from coming to pass. If you're talking about the person more than praying for the person to receive healing, then friend, you're a hindrance to the healing that they need in their life. If you're offended by somebody, if you're walking around with a grudge or an unforgiveness in your heart and in your spirit against somebody, friend, I want you to understand, it's going to be a hindrance for either you receiving your healing or the one you're praying for to receive their healing. I believe we need to give forgiveness and we need to act in love in Jesus Christ. How many believe that? I also believe that we've got to get rid of doubt. There can be no shadow of a doubt when when we pray. We must believe that God is ready, God is willing, God is more than able, He's more than sufficient. We cried out in the name of Jesus Christ and He will keep His promise to minister healing to the hurting. And I believe that hindrances to healing can be completely removed. How many agree with your pastor tonight? Let's stand together if you don't mind. I want to pray with you. You bow your heads and your hearts with me tonight. Precious Father, Lord, I love you tonight. And I thank you. I thank you for your healing virtue. I thank you that 
You took stripes on your body so that we could have healing. Lord, not just in some parts of our life, but in every area of our lives. You're the God who cures cancer. You're the God who cures COVID. You're, you're the God who cures the common cold. Lord, I believe tonight that, that you're more than able to minister healing. But I also know that the enemy would like to throw up roadblocks. He'd love to throw up hindrances. And, and Lord, sometimes they come from the outside. And sometimes, Lord, we bring them hindrances on ourselves. God, I pray tonight that as we go into a time of prayer that we would examine ourselves. And, and Father, we would remove any gossip. We'd remove any offenses. And, and God, we'd get rid of any doubt that, that might be hindering healing from coming into our lives or the lives of others. God, may we be a part of the process of healing. And God, may you use us to be a, a hospital for those that are hurting. We love you and we praise you. In Jesus' name, amen. Please, with eyes closed and heads bowed, just for another second, I, I'm always going to do this. I'm always going to give an opportunity for people to get saved. If you're here tonight and you say, Pastor, I need Jesus to come into my heart, to forgive me of my sin, to minister healing to my soul, if that's you, would you lift your hand right now? I just want to pray with you anywhere in this room. Anyone at all? Faithful God. True and good. Congregation, Miss Julie's going to put us on some music here in just a moment. And I want to invite everybody in this place to a time of prayer. Either come and find your place here at the front of the church. Make an altar where you're at. But pray and believe the Lord that all hindrances to healing be removed. God bless you as you pray.
Let's pray. Father, thank you for helping us. Thank you for your word. Thank you for teaching us and showing us, Lord. There are things that can stand in our way to keep us from receiving what you have intended for us to receive freely. Father, I pray tonight that, that you would help us to, to be a part of that healing process, both on our on self and, and for others as well. Lord, let this church be a hospital for the hurting. Yes. God, ministering to every need that walks through the door. Yes. Lord, we love you tonight. God, we thank you and we praise you. Walk with us this week, Lord. Bring us back together that we might glorify your name. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Amen. I love you guys. God bless you.